Hello, and welcome to Final Show Films. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I'm John, the executive producer here, and I just want to let you know that uh, we appreciate you watching, and all of those of you that support us financially and just by having a good time here and chat with us. Uh, particularly, we want to thank our $25 tier supporters on Patreon, uh, which are Rowan Parker, Drevian Alexander, Samantha Bates, Catwater Flame, and L. Thank you all very much for your support over the years. It's meant a lot to all of us. We appreciate it. And now I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stardust RPG on Trails of Stardust. I am William, and I am your game master for this fifth edition science fantasy campaign. Uh, once again, as we are here, Black Lives Matter, Trans Rights of Human Rights, and everything else that we have to say every time that I can never remember. Do say, not have to say. Oh, yes, we do yes. say. We no, right. Correction, we have to say because no one else is. <laughs> right. There, there are other people <laughs> well, saying other it, but not enough people are saying Yeah, not, not, not enough people are. It's not people, loud enough, and the people that and the people that need to hear it aren't listening. So correct. Um, and joining me today we have Jack. Hey everybody, I'm Jack. I'm playing Till Wayland, uh, Avian Way of the Iron Path monk, and my life's musical theater would be written by Gilbert and Sullivan naturally. And Jeremy. Hi, uh, I am Jeremy. I am playing Kendall Fairchild, uh, a Ladrin warlock. I would, I would, my my hope would be it would be written by like Jonathan Larson, but mm -hmm. knowing my luck and how I roll on shit, <laughs> I would, it would probably be written by Andrew Lloyd, fuck you, Weber. Weber. <laughs> <laughs> Holly. Um, hi, I'm Holly. I'm playing Mistel in Lauren Rogue, and my life musical would be written by Starkid. Yeah, good one. <laughs> valid, very valid. Uh, Craig. Hi, uh, I am a legally appropriate amount of creepy. Um, and um, <laughs> you still have that up. It's also yep. backwards, so it's um, even creepier than you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it's still legally appropriate because it says it on the tin. Um, that's not how that works at all. I oh, have no. a legally appropriate amount of frag grenades in this crate over here. I I gotta go take down some signs in my yard, then y'all. I'll be right back. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, I am playing bees, a swarm of nocturne and torch bees that collectively form a swarm keeper ranger. Um, and while I feel that uh, Jeremy's favorite song. Uh, from a musical being he whistled at me from Starlight Express was a bold choice. Um, I, I'd have to say that my favorite is, is Papa's Blues. From I will fucking end you. <laughs> <laughs> at least you didn't say, I'm not going to spell it out, but at least you didn't say uncouple. <laughs> <laughs> now, to make the joke about spelling it, you know way too much about Starlight Express to deny that you love it, Jeremy. No, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> they're, they're you study your enemies. John. I'm John. I'm playing Coltarn, the orc artificer. And if my life were a musical, it would be written by Terrence Sedunch. Okay, okay, okay. I'll accept that. Mm -hmm. I accept that. 
Oh God, Cody. Hi, I'm Cody. I'm playing Barouche Al Rule, Loxodon Voidkeeper, and I don't know enough about musicals to comment on my own life. <laughs> and Cody's over there going, "Y'all are a bunch of fucking nerds." <laughs> no, it's it's great. I'm just trying to. Think, I was just trying to think of sarcastic cartoon characters or characters from TV that would just yeah. No, see if my life was you're, a musical. You're, you're, uh, no, Cody, your life would be written by Jeff Witty. See, I was going to say my life as a musical would be written by someone who's not traditionally a musical writer. It'd probably be like just the weirdest assortment from Jeff Williams. <laughs> well, Cody, in that case, you would go with somebody like Mel Blanc or Frizz Freeling then. <laughs> who wrote looney tunes it's perfect oh yeah 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 <laughs> well, oh, don't... Yeah, that was it, yeah that was actually going to be my joke that randy rogel would write mine the guy who did the animaniac song <laughs> nice <laughs> for those that don't know jeff witty is the person is the person that made uh, avenue q nice <laughs> always a solid choice uh, jeff williams is the writer for most of rooster teeth's music ruby uh, red versus blue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Sorry, I just saw. If you Google Avenue Q, one of the things it says is people also ask, "Is Avenue Q offensive?" <laughs> Only on purpose. <laughs> uh, so, when last we left off with this group of adventurers, uh, they had descended into the underground beneath the Imperial Palace and located what looked to be a production facility for massive, well, an R&D facility, I should say, uh, for the hybrid soldiers of the former um, Empire of Sivaranus. Uh, inside, they located the last remaining member of that facility's staff, one uh, Xander Leiden, the child of Dr. Leiden, the person previously said to be in charge of the entire operation. Uh, and with his assistance, shut down the facility uh, and went down to confirm that everything was in fact shutting down, which it has proven to be. And that's, I believe, where he picked up. I don't remember if we got anything else done after that. I don't believe so. We did. Uh, we are also... No, we we sort of stopped it like right there at the end with the the conversation about shutting everything down. Um, I we had sent off a message to Odano to confirm whether or not those uh, demon troopers were exploding or not. Um, it sounded said, like they were, were. Yeah, there were some detonations out in the woods. We're gonna go so check. We're gonna assume yeah. yes. Goddamn locals throwing grenades go, out in the forest. <laughs> yeah, they were gonna go confirm, but yeah. Legally acceptable amount of grenades. <laughs> now you're catching on. We got a oh, cheap yes. lawyer and we're not afraid to use them. <laughs> we pick up there. As opposed to yesterday, where, where there was not a legally amount of acceptable amount of grenades <laughs> being used. <laughs> or morally. <laughs> I. There were only like a handful of grenades. Everything else was not a grenade. It was still explosive, but it wasn't a grenade. No, there were yeah, there were lots of landmines and debt cord, and there were four grenades. Yeah, thermal detonators and an four ion. Four thermal detonators, yeah, and then the ion cannon. Look, lots but of anyway. stuff. Lots of stuff happened. All right. 
So, so yes, you pick up there. As Xander looks over and confirms that all the readings are showing offline and vital signs that were that were at all present are gone. All right, well then. Any chance we could just download all that information and get it on a drive or something? Hmm? I already have a drive large enough. I've already was the question that was asked last that was asked last time. Yeah. Yeah, I've already downloaded an amount of it onto my uh data pad. I just feel if we're going to be facing off against more Sarimian forces in the future, it might be good to have some tactical intel on their general situation. But if you've got what you've got, then we'll I've, take what we've got. I've I've acquired I've 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 acquired as much information as we can get off of it. It's not exactly a modern system. Okay. But shall we return then to the surface? No. Unless Mr. Lydon thinks there's anything else usable or necessary down here that we should attend to first. What do you think, Xander? I mean, you've shut everything down. I don't know what else you would need. We need to take out the things that are here. They're not really alive. They, they weren't in any condition to function. They weren't finished, and now they no. never will be. No, I mean, take them out. Take them outside. Uh, if you want to drag those things around, I don't have anything to rig up as a, as a, can, like a litter for them. Say, aren't they, aren't can, they roughly like the size of all you know, the, an them as a huge tank. creature? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can how let would, the general know that they're down How would here. they get out if things work the way they were supposed to? How would they, they would get walk out? walk out on their own. Yeah, through theoretically, the, they would. the sewers? Yeah, they would they would leave they would exit through some of the sewer tunnels. That's what we were told was that lots of these creatures were coming from out from out from, out from underground. Probably larger tunnels than the ones we came down. Actually, these. actually, not the ones we came down. Xander, where would the ex uh, where would alternate exit tunnels be from this complex? <laughs> uh, Try to get to from a metal level. They branch out in several directions also for anything that's that was too impractically large there was a teleportation circle set up to operate anything that needed to be moved quickly where does that go we yes uh i don't know i never used it and it was demonology's thing was deployment i just made the parts Well, that would at least be good information to have, probably. The things come in yeah. from it, too? I guess. I don't know magic that well. Neither does Till. He's just heard that teleportation circles are a good thing to know. Hmm. Uh, uh, could you lead us to that? Sure. He walks you over <clears throat> across the hall to a massive set of doors like these. These doors are basically as tall. They they basically stand in for one of the walls of this of this chamber. They're large enough to open like entirely. a rancor sized door, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
more like uh if you've played kotor 2 the uh in the in the underground base on telos with the with the tank droid in it oh yeah hmm. been a minute since that happened hmm. um but yeah the uh the doors slide open sideways and he walks in and you can see painted across the entirety of this area is a massive runic circle probably a hundred like yeah probably about a hundred feet in in uh diameter for mass deployment wow that's big that seems Um, like something good to know yeah can i kind of like uh walk around it and take a look and see if i can pick anything up about like if there's any specific runes that are being used that might point into like any other intended purposes for it what little you know of teleportation circles sort of indicates that this is just a basically a um a doorway that can be connected to wherever it needs to go with the right rituals and the right knowledge but it's not itself like it's not a sending point okay it's a it's a it is very much it very much it very much serves as the same purpose that a traditional teleportation circle would where it's a it's an anchored point that can be used to send or receive from as long as you know the destination knowing what we know about the history of this planet we would assume that this it has probably been primarily used to get things to other teleportation circles on the planet because nobody was really getting off the planet up until very recently, right? As far as you know, yeah. Right, okay. Though, if anyone was getting off the planet, it would be someone under the Imperial regime. Okay. Because they were the ones in control of the <clears throat> starship destroying cannon. Right. Uh, can I look for the, uh, the address runes and just write them down for... If- we ever run into somebody that can cast this we have yeah you can you can you can copy down the the sigil sequence for this for this particular uh teleportation circle all right the teleportation circle is one of the few instances of teleportation magic that can cross planetary boundaries Mm -hmm. all right because it is a defined destination point Well, that's good to know, I guess. And then you said there were tunnels, too? Yes, there's a a series of different tunnels that were used for deployment to various regions of the world. Some of them go for miles. Some of them go, as far as I know, across the planet. Yeah, this circle would be a lot faster. Does anybody know how to turn it on? Hmm? No. Uh, we can try. Is there a switch? Are there buttons? The bees are looking. <laughs> Teleportation circles are meant to be cast with a spell, typically. Yeah, that's a little outside of my my my, my range yet. Not quite there. The were there any tunnels that you were aware of, Xander, that were not utilized? I don't really 
really know which ones were utilized in which direction. If I'm being honest, like I said, I stayed here and made things. 26 to find literally any button in the vicinity of the circle. Oh, no. <laughs> you find a button nearby. We push it. Join us next week for... <laughs> you push it. The doors begin to close. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it did something. Bees? Kendall, Kendall squeaks you... in, 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 in surprise. Bees, what did you do? Push the button to turn on the teleportation circle. Did So you didn't know what the button did? Yeah, we before did. Before you pushed it. Mm. It closes the door. I mean, you know that now, but you didn't know it closed the door before, right? Yes, we did. You just said you thought it was for the teleportation circle. And the door. <laughs> all right, bees, we're going to give you a new rule, all right? Oh, uh -oh. we hate <laughs> rules. If you find a button. When there's a new rule, does that make it so we don't have to remember an old one? No. No, you have to remember all the rules all the time. Oh, I know I know like this Pokemon one. Move. I get this one all the time. <laughs> I get I get this new rule thing all the time. You find a button. You ask if you're allowed to push it. And you only get to push it if at least three of us say yes or if the person who says yes is me or Varouche. Or if it's an emergency. Nope. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. You'll get emergency button privileges later if you prove that you're responsible. Bees wants to learn button push, but already knows four rules. <laughs> Forget not. <laughs> you understand? Okay. All right. Like I said, once you've proven you're responsible, then we'll start to give you more privileges. All right? Okay. How many buttons do we have to not push before we're responsible? That's a subjective analysis that Varush and I and a couple other people will think about first. We think we should get to come up with some rules. <laughs> Kendall leans into to uh, um, bees and just quietly says, "That means as many as they want." We know. That's what we're worried. What about. rules would you like to make up, bees? Mm. The, there's this sort of harmonious humming that rises from all the bees, and they start to light up a little bit. Because there are some rules that you're definitely allowed to make for yourself. Like, who's allowed to touch your armor and when? You get to make that rule. No, we get to make rules for other people, because other people make rules for us. Not always how that works, but I see where you're going with that. Okay. Are you going to tell us what the rules are? We're thinking them up. Has that door finished closing? Uh, <laughs> I assume someone hit the button again and made it open again, but unless if no one did, no, they all started yeah. said that yet. Yeah, no, I, nobody. Is... While they're still having this conversation, I walk over and press the button. Bees, bees just sort of again. turns, and an enormous hand made of bees 
points accusingly at Coltarn. <laughs> Coltarn pushed a button. Coltarn already has emergency button privileges because Coltarn has proven himself to be responsible. Coltarn's the one that used the thing. Coltarn's the one that summoned the dragon. Coltarn's not responsible. Summoned the dragon that saved our lives, yes. We've been um, over this. This group's <laughs> standards are crazy. <laughs> Go back to the, to the hive armor. Meanwhile, also, Rush is on the other side just writing down coordinates. <laughs> also, I already just... knew what this button did because you showed us. See, for that reason, I agree. I'm still kind of on B's side on the other part. But on that, I agree. We already knew that button. Mr. will fly over and sit on B's armor. Just kind of give them a pat. They give you rules, Mistel? Not yet. Hmm. There's just sort of annoyed buzzing from inside the hive. <laughs> they, they, while that is happening, though, they are quickly re like re-sewing the little um, web hammock on the shoulder for Mistel. So... Are you guys looking to get to the surface again, or are you just looking for tunnels, Xander says? I'm looking for bolt holes, primarily. Alternative labs, things that are off the beaten path that weren't documented previously. Because... I mean, if there was anything that would be hidden, they would be documented from this facility. This was... Controlled. I'm looking for things that weren't documented from this facility, because when... Why would they be not... This was literally where my dad ran the entire operation why would he have something he didn't know about i mean i'm be... referring more to something that he did know about that no one else did to be fair xander we've already established that he did some things that you didn't know about right i mean yeah but you got access to his computer that said where all of the things were that no one else gets access to right and but do you like... know what's more secure than a computer that no one else gets access to a lab that no one knows exists. So, like, did other people have access to this computer? Not really. Then okay, how did you get but into it? Like, very carefully. I feel like not really implies that maybe someone did. Yeah, me. Because I figured it out. Because he's my dad. Do you have things that your dad has that are secret that only you know about? I mean, we're not talking about me right now. <laughs> also, no. If my father has a secret, there's at least four other people that know it. Dads are weird. I mean, you're not wrong. The point being, this, as secretive as it was, was still a known in known quantity. When a person with an intellect to construct something like this disappears, the knowledge to create something like this does not disappear with them necessarily. So there might be other laboratories kept secret from the main I mean, one. I never I know he left, but I never saw him leave out the door, so my best guess would be probably somewhere out that teleportation. Cuz like Coltarn if if it's something that he kept secret to himself that that 
Xander wouldn't know about, why are we asking Xander about it? Well, that's why I asked if there were any tunnels that no one used. I don't really know what tunnels people used. Which then answered my question, and then other people started asking more. The purpose of that question being, if there is a space in this laboratory that seems very explicitly unused, then that is the most likely place for something else to be hidden. Because you hide anywhere that he went. If you had anywhere that he went that was secret and on this planet, it's probably not accessible from anywhere with these tunnel systems. Therefore, probably the teleportation circle. Right. Well, I, for one, would really like to have some open sky again, so... (laughs) Um, All right, all done. Good man, Varouf. We'll take one of the tunnels. We'll take one... Which one of these tunnels is the quickest access to the sky so we don't have to go back through the sewer? The one that you came from. Of course it does. Hmm. Uh, Till, do you recall where the location of the... The rest of the tunnels are for demon deployment. You really think we had a tunnel that was supposed to deploy them in the city? Yes. That was what the guards were for. I know, the demons seem like a fairly effective deal with the guards button as well. Yeah, we had them in the, we had them in the palace as well as as a as a last guard, as far as I know. But those just went up the same tunnel you did. Well, then we can go back that way. Or does anyone recall what direction the other tunnel we were supposed to clear out is? We can go out the way we were intended to come in. I mean, based on the computer readouts, all the clearing out's already been done, right? Mm-hmm. Visual confirmation is still a good thing to acquire. Because if we assume everything has been done, and there is a pocket of them left that haven't, that will be on us. So you're going to go check every tunnel? Not every tunnel. I just feel like it would be... I'm curious what your arbitrary definition of visual confirmation is. It would be wiser to take a tunnel we haven't gone down. Are there any other tunnels that lead up to an exit in the general vicinity of the city that you know I mean, there's, of? There's Mr. one Lydon? that drops in the forest a few miles south of it. Perfect. That Let's works. That. Which, as you recall, is the one that you were pointed to. Right, yep. Mm-hmm. Let's go that way, then. There we go. Okay. Can see if there's another... <laughs> Hell Roper. <laughs> he pulls up a readout from the from the computer and finds the tunnel that he's that he's indicating. Let's go this way then. Oh yes, you are coming with us, you know, right? I figured you kind of shut down the place that I lived and worked for most of my life. I don't know what else you expected me to do. Did you need to grab anything on your way out? Not really. I keep most of my useful tools on me and everything else is kind of bolted to a wall. I think it would be nice for you to see Sky again. I've yeah. never seen Sky in my life. Oh my god. Really? You are in I've never the left biggest. the underground. 
Uh, wraparound uh, arm. Come on, let's go see the sky. You're gonna you're gonna want to keep those goggles on then. Have yep. you ever seen you've never seen the sun? No. Oh, I don't think this planet gets first... sun. I know what it is academically, but we just saw one for the first time. We think you're really gonna like it. Also, I haven't been living in absolute darkness, you idiot, he says to Varouche. I'm well aware. It's just there is different. a difference. He's just looking out for you. No need to be rude. It's it's fine. There there is a difference. It was like, just a recommendation. Yeah. There's perspective like knowing what it is and actually seeing it you're just to be safe. You Whatever. Know. By all means. Don't. But Part of science is discovery. Let him discover it for himself. The, the you exosuit, want to go blind? You can go blind. The exosuit helmet hides the grin. <laughs> Let's not... You know I literally work with flare torches, right? I am aware. The sun is different. It is. According to what we have with geological readouts, you can't see the sun from this planet. No. How do you know you've never been up there? Because we have scientific records. I can Let's read. Continue Let's move on. Yeah, well, yeah I'm, I assumed we were all walking and talking. But, yeah. We're not talking about when you get up to the surface here. We're talking about eventually. I I, I get it. You're are you are you right. planning to take me off planet with you? No, not necessarily, not unless you want to go. But there's not exactly a lot for me on this planet, but well then there we go. But the point being we're just trying we're just trying to look out for you just like, you know, I like to think I'm a pretty I'm 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 a pretty knowledgeable person, but if I walked into a situation I'd never been in that you knew a lot about, you'd warn me, right? I mean, probably. That's all we're doing. Let's go. It seems like he might be really helpful to the people up above. He's a really bad people person. She'll whisper to bees. What what any oh. of you with any amount of passive in, passive insight are getting off this guy is he he feels like you've insulted his intelligence. Well, yes, we all understand that. Oh yeah, yeah. He says to Mister, "Well, we can't all be as good with people as you and us are." That is true. I'm just marching ahead in the exosuit, keeping an eye out for anything weird, yep. and keeping keeping my scanner running. Till's watching for anything that might leap out and try and murder Kendall. <laughs> Kendall is not paying attention to anything that might leap out and murder her at all. Oh, I will Excellent. be. I will be. Bees is. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bees. Bees is counting the number of buttons that we walk past. Not many. Um, I'm, that we I'm, don't push. I am. I'm keeping an eye out for any signs of. Place it as we as we head towards the tunnel and through the tunnel for anything that looks conspicuously um, conspicuously unattended. 
Like, I mean, this the entire like, tunnel system. Well, well, what I mean by that is like, as opposed to the rest of the room that you're in, that corner seems suspiciously empty or whatever, or, you know. Roll perception. Uh, I know this isn't what you were trying to say, but in my mind, <laughs> you said you, you when you said conspicuously, I swear to God, I thought the next word was going to be conspicuous. Conspicuously conspicuous. conspicuous. Sometimes. Excellent. What am I rolling? Uh, perception. There you go. To try and notice something wrong. 20. So with a 20, as you sort of get a look around, you get the sense that there's nothing in the tunnels that you're wandering, at the very least, that seems more decrepit or more worn down or more just untouched okay. uh, than anything else in the tunnels. At the very least, in the tunnels you are traveling. And, and that's what he'll keep an eye out for at the moment. Mm-hmm. We march! couple of hours pass as you walk. And do thankfully even... undisturbed. Yeah, do we eventually as, you, as you go, uh, with that 20 perception, you do notice, however, um, the splattered uh, remains of a couple of hybrid troopers that you walk past on the way through the tunnel. I would... Go ahead. I'll say I'll note them, but not indicate to them, just in case. I would I would argue that undisturbed is a qualified <laughs> statement because for the entirety of the two hours, until it is blatantly clear that this that 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 it is unwelcome from him, Kendall is constantly talking to to Xander, engaging in conversation, and just being friendly, engaging. What, what you're what you're gathering is that Xander is very much a young adult who believes that he's learned everything that he needs to know right. in his life. Absolutely. And so as long as you don't imply that he's not smart enough or not experienced enough in something, he's generally amenable and just happy to have conversations. Yes. And that's that's what she's doing. She is trying to essentially repair the trust damage that was done in that last conversation. I'm a young adult. Look, I'm 15. I know everything I need to know already. There's nothing in the next six minutes of my life, because that's all it's going to last, because I think I know everything (laughs) that I could possibly learn. Yeah. (laughs) In this case, she is just turning him turning him into her best friend for now. In, in this case, he's like early 20s and has never been outside, but has read about outside a lot. Even fucking Look, worse. I I know what the real world is like because I have books that tell me what it's like. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm 20, so I've reached that age that is arbitrary ruled as adult, so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, a couple hours pass as you're getting nearer to the uh, to the outside. He grumbles something to himself, but does put his goggles down just in case. You'll probably be okay here, but you know. 
the uh, little little bit more time passes, and eventually you emerge uh, as the as the tunnels turn from sewers into caves, and then the caves turn into the outside. Uh, he steps out into what passes for sunlight in the middle of midday on this planet. And sort of looks around, pulls his goggles off. There's like a half squint, but not really anything of like severe pain. And he just kind of adjusts for a second. Mm. I actually expected it to be brighter. Oh, it gets brighter. It does. Just not here. Yeah. You were very correct about how much the incoming insulation is mitigated by the trash shell. Oh, where are we going from here? Back to the city. Oh, we've got a hike. And and Till kind of leans over out of uh, Xander's view uh view line towards Verruge and is just like <laughs> oh, I want to I want to see what engineering boy can do with his own two feet <laughs> but yeah fine vehicle wasn't even on the table that spells fine all righty good deal <laughs> see what he can do That's hilarious. Okay. He either rolled a 20 or he rolled a 1. I mean, I won't put it past a 19 or a 2. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Either way. It's all good. Uh, Yeah. Begin our hike back. as As you're walking, you come to the realization that as much as Xander is a nerd that stays inside his entire life, he is surprisingly fit, and you can probably attribute that to the fact that there's not much to do underground but exercise and do work. Uh, and yeah. also, his work was fairly physical, from what you could tell. He's got impressive cardio for someone who has never seen the sun. For him, too bad. As, he, as he did, in fact, roll a natural tips. 20 with his plus two con mod. Excellent. Well done, buddy. Proud of you. So what we're saying is that uh, he is Columbus from Zombieland. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I am now Cardio. picturing Xander as played by Jesse Eisenberg, and you cannot tell me anybody else plays him. Fantastic. <laughs> that is the physical representation of Xander now. It's kind yeah. of how I was picturing him yeah, that, in the that beginning. Fits, that fits exceptionally well, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is probably good news for Till, because that means the attraction level is not going to go any higher. Uh, and personality-wise, you know, at least he's not played by Shia LaBeouf, you know? Yeah. Actual, <laughs> actual, actual cannibal? Cannibal? Shia LaBeouf? Either one. Pretty sure the same one. Dude would be sitting fucking... Face down in the swamp. <laughs> Actual yeah. cannibal Shia LaBeouf. 
Oh yeah, as I as I said previously, his his like character model was Jack from Jack and Daxter, but a nerd instead of the jock. Okay, and also an elf instead of whatever Jack is. It, he looks like an elf. Sanders a half elf, you know. Uh, as we make our walk back, Till will occasionally do uh, Sky Scouts. Hmm? Just to make sure that we don't have anything non-cyborg demony that might still be out in these woods and be threatening coming in for us. Couple of bears seem like they're going to leave you alone. Excellent. Mm-hmm. But eventually, your group makes it back to the capital city after a couple more hours of walking as you basically walked out and then walked back. And you find yourselves approaching the gates of the city again, which open to welcome you as General O'Donnell has gotten word of your arrival on the outside and came to meet you. As you see the, the, the Lord General again in his sort of ceremonial outfit with the eye patch and the long hair pulled back Welcome back, all of you. I see you brought a new acquaintance. Yes. He was making parts of the demons. He raises an eyebrow. Specifically the cybernetic parts. This is Xander, the child of the former head of the science division of the Empire. We didn't know that Professor Lydon had a child, he said, looking over at Xander. Maybe the clone. Or he's Professor Lydon having reverted himself to a younger age, in which case we might have to behead him later, but I haven't got proof of that yet. I mean, Ord, no one knew that he had a kid because, like I said, I've never left that lab. Just that's the more that. reason that's the more reasonable explanation, certainly. It's is Mistel still on bees? Mm-hmm. Um bees the the bees closest to Mistel whisper. Do humans do budding sometimes? I don't think so. Okay. Well, that depends on the human. <laughs> um, I don't exactly believe in impressing the sins of the father, so... Good to know. Uh, yes. Uh, he did help us uh, in the... Uh, Purge of the demons that were still roaming about the planet. Uh, There are several large uh, corpses down below uh, in the sewers. Give them a pathway to the door and the whole to find the whole system. Um, We should probably get those cleared out before they taint any of the environment. There's also a teleportation circle down there. Yes, and now I'll hand over the coordinates. That's the address. Uh, Oh, good. We can use one of the ones in the military compound to get down there and back. That should make the process easier. I also have a a bit of the data from the computer down there that I can transfer to any computer systems you might have up and running. We've got a few. The capital city is the most technologically advanced place in the planet. 
Yes, it seemed like this was part of a this was the central core of a larger network spread out across the planet, uh, each operating in different locales on different aspects of various projects. I grabbed what snippets of information I could, but it seems this was the only one still active, in a sense. Well, you've accomplished what we set you out to do, so as far as we are concerned, your task here is done. If you wish to stay another eve, we will gladly welcome you. He's blurred out. Have you ever heard of Xerathrax? He looks... I can't say that I have. Okay. Was that the name that was yelled out by... That was called out by the, the demon thing? And also yeah. by Dystagmos when referring yeah. to bees. We heard it twice underground. Yeah. I'm just making sure. Thou hast returned to the city. Pray return to the waking sands. Uh, I'm going to, now that we're back above ground, I'm going to check and see if I have any messages from uh, from the Starbreakers. Were you expecting one? They're coming to help with the salvage. And they're ah, not yes, the only ones, it. remember? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you don't have any messages specifically, but... All right, cool. Well, I guess we'll probably want to stay at least until the salvage operations have begun their training, and then we can safely leave. We did just get word from several different ships that have arrived in orbit. Ah, good. They're here. Yes, there's no, certainly conversations Wait, being had. <laughs> Looked over at Kindle. Wait, who are you expecting? Uh, my dad... Huh. You know, my dad does Wait, this your kind father's of stuff. coming directly here well, himself? Well, no, probably not my dad himself. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe, but probably not. Um, Sorry, it's dramatic. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. It could be, but probably oh. not. But, you know, uh. this is kind of what Fairchild Industries does. Yes, and uh, scrap operations, scrap, uh, repurposing scrap operations for other util utilities is also what the Starbreaker Foundry does. Huh. I feel like both of us made calls and didn't know the other one did. No, I didn't know you were going to. I didn't know you were going to. I'm sure they'll work it out. We figured out a rule. <laughs> Do tell, bees. Nobody calls anyone's dad without talking to everyone else about it first. Okay. No. Um, no. That's a bad bees. Well, then I get to press buttons. No, nope. no, because see, I different have, circumstances. Bees. I have to talk to my dad every now and then. Um, I mean, if it's Just something like this. I I guess I can make a I guess I can make exceptions and let you guys know. I just I I would have told you guys, but I didn't know it was going to be an issue. Uh, neither did I. I don't know if it's going to be an issue. Like I said, I'm sure they'll all work it out. I'm sure it'll all be fine, and there won't be any violence or anything like that. Our fathers are both businessmen. I'm certain they can come to an arrangement. Oh, absolutely. We thought about that about the button. 
Mr. Wolf Flyover. So I'm getting all the Capital ship. I'm not saying as a ship Just gouting smoke everywhere. Some weird human jumps out and yells another happy landing. If your father does come, I would like to meet him. Oh, hell. I've heard a lot about him. Yeah, obviously. Like Avi, he will will we will do introductions and everything. I'm he will he'll really like you. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> you know I'm gonna excellent. <laughs> just as, as Rouge, he's like you're trying to sell that too much to yourself. <laughs> Speaking of which, no, he's sincere uh, about that part. <laughs> Speaking of which, Adano says, uh, as he as he looks up <laughs> at the sky, uh, I believe they had settled on doing negotiations on planet with those involved, with those responsible for the planet involved. He says as he looks up, and you can see three ships beginning to break atmosphere. How many of them do can oh, I say, recognize? I was gonna say, uh, Till would Woody. like to try see if he can pick out silhouettes and make some judgment calls. Yep, same, <laughs> same. So, uh, descending to Earth, uh, are <laughs> three ships of vastly in of vastly different designs. Um, one is the incredibly angular, blocky shape of a dwarven uh, uh, of a dwarven shuttle, uh, the kind that they they wouldn't the, the kind that they send down from one of their larger ships just to just to get a person onto the ground. It's very it, it looks very much sort of like like a like an icebreaker you, that you would see in in an ocean, um, mm-hmm. just shaped sort of similar to that, but flying. Uh, and slowly descending its way through the atmosphere, and then uh, uh, flying in relative sync to it is uh, a um, descending what looks to be spirals and pointed tree uh, that is descending under its own power, which would be another, which would be a fey shuttle or an, or at least a wood elven shuttle shuttle at the very least. Um, and then a ship that looks to best describe it, um, like a flying pile of scrap, bleeding exhaust in all directions, but very obviously painted with a glowing neon sign on the side that simply says in bright pink letters, Chuck. I don't know the third okay. one. <laughs> Can still make any sort of like judgment call as to what this weirdo third seems fly- like a... flying rotisserie diner is? Seems like an undead ship to me. <laughs> uh you can make a God, what's a what's a street okay. check for D D? I mean, could I make like a mechanism? Bright tools, tools with or intelligence, a, or like a, space like a vehicles with yeah. intelligence? Yeah, or history. 
You can make a history check or a uh, mechanics check or shipwrights tools with intelligence. Yeah, if you have could, that. Could I Depending on what you're looking for out of this. Could I make like a mechanist's tools check or a technology check to see what the fuck kind of ship Eight. that is? <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell? Sorry, what were the what were the ten? Dep depending on what you're trying to get out of it, you can get oh. uh, history, mechanics, or what a relevant tool if you have one. Chuck, what uh, the fuck you doing all the way out here, buddy? <laughs> hey, hey, William, Not B's I good, but but still good. I, I think Bees had one of those weird phantom memories again. He did, in fact, or they did. Uh, so Bees and Varouche. <laughs> Bees, you have a weird memory of a weird experience that you've never had of dealing with one of the most insanely weird, but honestly nicest and most polite people that you've ever met. Uh, an individual by the name of Chuck who was mostly just known as Chuck to what? basically everyone. And he was part of this weird sort of semi-cultish organization, but their whole thing was just bringing prosperity and, um, like, and uh, bounty to everyone. You think he's, like, a weird part of some, like, weird harvest cult, and his whole thing is just traveling the galaxy, bringing, like, food and supplies and medical relief to anyone that needs it just wandering around he's weird he's eccentric but he just sort of shows up and offers aid to people for no reason and oh. Bruce, you also remember that for some reason bees just goes oh it's chuck but boost chuck as, as evidenced by the side of the ship yes pretty nice guy how, how do you know who just... chuck is the the hive armor does sort of a half slump, half shrug and says, we don't know. Okay. <clears throat> Probably not Chuck? anything to worry about, though. He travels around. He does nice stuff. It helps people out. He kind of pops up, does, does their own humanitarian or uh, Whatever the sentient, generic space is, yeah, sentient, sentient being, being uh, and... pastafarian. <laughs> uh, does what work they can to help whenever they hear about some issue. I had there was a, 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 a sergeant of mine when I started out that told me a really fucking weird story, that, and just seeing the ship brought back memory of that story and it was a pretty good description of the ship Mistel will fly over and sit on Virusha's shoulder <laughs> and, and and say um, so is Chuck the name of the person or the ship pretty sure it's the person I think that's just advertising could be both. Definitely could be both. Till has sort of drifted into the background and looks like he's trying to subtly diagnose Kendall's 
physical state of health at this point. <laughs> uh, just kind of like giving her health. a, just kind of like giving her a little bit of a once over of, right? She doesn't like not obviously bleeding from anywhere. Okay, good. Nope. Um, outfit seems to be more or less intact oh yeah no your outfit is thank you to thank you prestigitation her outfit is immaculate excellent okay good so would missiles so the three ships touch down and it is the mysterious third ship that is the first to set down a ramp i feel like we should head that way lord general uh, yes, we definitely should. He says as the, he starts to lead the group towards it. Ramp extends halfway, gets stuck, jams back up, jams back down. <laughs> but uh, as you approach, you see descending down the ramp of this third ship is you can guess is a human um, dressed in what looks very obviously like the robes one would associate with like a cult, like very much the like very long form hiding like weird dark colors, uh, like blacks and blues and reds cult robes. Uh, with like the deep shadowed hood the hood is thrown back and stepping down the ramp is a man with the brightest shade of pink hair you have ever seen um, as it is just pulled back in this in, in this long sort of just like Hail Mary ponytail just like as much hair as he could grab in one fistful pulled wow. back into a ponytail the rest is sort of left um, wow. the bellmenders are in stardust too I see <laughs> Oh, uh, get everywhere! Give us enough time. Uh, just like uh, sort of like br- Sam. <laughs> oh, we're coarsely irritating, but you'll come to love us. Don't worry. Uh, like v- relatively angular face, uh, like sharp jawline, um, bright blue eyes with a like a teardrop tattoo underneath one of them, uh, and like a certain like a, a like a ring on so- like. Just like a, a piercing one, like just above the eyebrow on one side. So he's killed at least one person. <laughs> um, and he just sort of steps down and loudly with his arms outstretched just proclaims, Welcome, planet of Sivarinus. Chuck brings you welcome and wishes to share his bounty with all. Chuck is glad to be present and will provide anything that anyone needs. Hi, Chuck. Just from the back row, Till just goes, what's up, Chuck? Mm-hmm. I like your hair. Chuck is glad to meet so many new friends. Are you on probation or something? Chuck has oh. never been provably accused of anything. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Cletus question. Jones. I have killed three people (laughs) (laughs) outside or in addition additional context to everything that's been mentioned about him 
How cute is he? He's he's about three steps past possum. It sounds like he's kind of endearing. Like he's definitely he's if Twink is your kind of cute, we'll say. Define Twink. I was gonna say that's, that, that, he. He sounds like 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 if Kendall's aesthetic is weirdly nice punk kid, you know. I mean, yeah. yeah, exactly. But but right. like because Twink has multiple meanings, and I don't know which one you mean. I'm talking like incredibly scrawny looking, very tall, very angular shark, kind of effeminate looking, but definitely still uh, masculine on still okay. the masculine. Okay. End All of right. It. All right. The correct definition. Got it. All right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it looks like he's level three, but has been fed gear from a level sixty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Coltarn's type. He's just really confused. <laughs> but as as that is happening, he sort of steps down the ramp. Chuck is very glad to talk with anyone and provide anything that is needed for anyone who would need Chuck's services. He is always at your demand. Which is about the same time that the other two ships are putting ramps down. What are Chuck's services, I say, as the ramps are coming down? Chuck is glad to provide food, medical aid, resources, anything that is needed for anyone requiring assistance getting back into galactic hospitality, he says. Do you have about 3,000 gold worth of spare parts to fix up a dust runner? Chuck provides more living aid. It would certainly aid me in living, yes. <laughs> I can think of some living aid. Wait, sorry, wrong character. Um... <laughs> Is it, though? <laughs> I mean, yes, because Kendall wouldn't say that. As he just would. <laughs> Listen, I play a type. What can I say? I feel like I feel like this person has like single-handedly appointed himself the universe's major D. <laughs> Slash concierge. Um, like, he made a guide vibes. like he legitimately looks like a cultist, except for everything under the hood. You're right, not helping, William. Everything about him. <laughs> everything else about him. Or they are helping. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but. But meanwhile, while everyone is sort of enraptured with Chuck's presence. That's one word for it. <laughs> um, two other individuals are descending ramps. A, uh, a ancient looking dwarf with a long white beard. Tied, tied down, uh, wearing the uh, heavy overalls of a mechanic uh, with tools dangling from basically every single position uh, with a face that looks like it probably has been weathered by the centuries of water erosion. Uh, steps down from the dwarven ship, sort of walking in this very slow, methodical gait of someone who knows exactly where each of their single footfalls is going to is going to land and exactly how much pressure it's going to apply to the ramp. 
reach up as that as they're coming down, reach up and tap the side of the helmet so that the full face helmet folds back into the armor so Colton is visible. As as I pull up information. Chuck now has an entry in the party notes document. <laughs> as Halvard Starbreaker makes his way down the ramp. And then descending from the tree ship is a figure of unnatural grace. As a unusually tall and willowy thin individual dressed in the finest of appointed suits silver hair descending down to about mid chest and flowing down the back with a pair of eyes like the deepest black pits steps down This is one of many individual appearances that this individual has worn over time. As the head of Fair called in a Fairchild Industries steps down a ramp. Here. <laughs> As both of them step down, their first look is to each other, and they provide a polite nod to one another. As they step down. Battle of the dads. Here we go. And then both of them approach Lord General Adano. Both providing the faintest of like cocked eyebrows to Chuck. But but seemingly paying him no mind. Seemingly already familiar with his bullshit and what he represents. From what what those of you who are familiar with him can gather. Battle of the Dads is my ACDC cover band, but <laughs> Yes! <laughs> oh my god, so good. But as they, they approach and stop just a few feet from the rest of the group and Lord General Adano, and about at the same time, to the point that their voices sort of overlap with each other, uh, Halvard says, you look good, son, and and uh, Kendall's father, whose name I am forgetting at the moment. Elias. Elias, yes. Eli- Elias says, it's so lovely to see you, my daughter. Yeah! At roughly the same time. Run over. I will walk with a much measured, more, much more measured pace. <laughs> yeah, it's not my style. Have missed a little whisper, whisper to her. I'm so glad I wasn't on her shoulder during this moment. <laughs> yeah, looks like you, uh, you, you had enough time. You would have caught yourself. I do like the unintentional, like thematic mirroring here, where uh-huh. Kendall has a giant dad, and Coltarn has a dwarf dad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as Kendall runs over to give a hug to her father, it yeah. is very much like watching a woman be embraced by a willow tree as he is just so incredibly tall and thin as he just sort of wraps two arms around her shoulders. Favorite uh, self-help book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Giant Dad, Dwarf Dad. <laughs> while, while while those two are uh, greeting their respective parents, 
uh, Varush pulls out his own tablet with a copy of Galactic Trade Laws and hands it to Odana. So Odano and says, "So you don't get fucked." And then walks back. <laughs> he takes. He takes it. Good I like know. that you have a copy of it on hand. <laughs> if he's going to new planets, you are <laughs> you you are the what's his, the the new guard from Guards Guards who has just all the <laughs> documentation in his coat. Carrot. Yeah. Carrot Iron Founderson. Varush is mum and dead. I bracket stroke. <laughs> I bracket first stroke last name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, the the two of them uh, share a moment with their children as each of them greet their family. I know, I know, you already got business discussed, but I, I can't wait to introduce you to my friends. They're them. I quite look forward to it, he says, in that sort of ethereal, wispy yep, voice that yep. is very difficult to place the emotion of. That sounds like a threat to anybody but Kendall, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will offer down a hand to, to Dad as Tolbar also comes up. Father. Yeah, he reaches up, glasps it. I see you've improved your work on time. I have. The, um... This is a sort of a combination of necessity and inspiration, helped by Tolbar, who I completed the AI circuits for, so... And that's Tolbar. Good, good, Greetings. good. You've been working on that one for a while. Need your patience to pay off eventually. That was the goal. Okay, that was just me that go, that, that heard that go robot Hmm? Yeah, I think, yeah. Okay. I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which part went robot? William. Oh, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll uh, turn and look. I was unaware that um, my comrade's father would be joining us. Sorry, I've had deals with the Fairchilds before. I'm sure we'll work something out. I'm confident, yes. But a new planet's being welcomed back to the galaxy and they need to have their atmosphere cleared so they can actually, you know, safely enter and leave the planet. So I think it's time we get to work. We'll step back and let them do their thing. <laughs> yep. As Helias offers like uh, another gentle pat to uh to yep. um Kendall, and then also steps over to join Lord General Odano uh, as the three of them start to begin a conversation. They start with, like, official pleasantries introducing themselves to each other, um, making just sort of idle political small talk for a minute. Uh, and despite having been off the galactic scene for centuries, and likely this individual having never been part of the galactic scene, General Odano does not appear to be remotely wrong-footed at the moment he seems to be very much in his element in this conversation as the three of them what happens when you're a warlock you get outside <laughs> help. i don't know what you're talking about as he uh 
offers to lead the the, the two of them to a uh, a location where they can discuss matters in private over and over a good meal. And the the three of them take their conversation as it begins to walk off, leaving the group of you with Chuck. Look over. Is Chuck still just standing there? Uh, he sort of like has been idly talking to some of the to some of the guards that that Adano brought along. Okay. Just sort of gossiping and just like having personal chit chat with them. I wasn't and, sure he was uh, doing as the the uh, the mask seller from Majora Mask thing and just sort of standing there creepily grinning with his hands clutched together. <laughs> and uh, as as the as the as the other three walk off. Would anyone like to join Chuck for a feast on his ship? I have, or sorry, he has plenty of food available. He always speaks in the third person. First person is for when it's serious. Uh, okay. No. He has plenty of supplies for anyone who is hungry. There will be no hungry faces at Chuck's meal table. Can, can we get close to, to Chuck? Sure. Hi, Chuck. Hello. You are a new thing. Chuck has not seen you before. Oh. How'd you know that's what we were going to ask? Chuck didn't. Okay. Do you know Zarathrax? Chuck is very familiar with a friend named Zarathrax. Has spoken with him many a time. Oh. We think we found his armor. Chuck kind of looks you up and down. You might. I can't tell. Or Chuck can't tell. <laughs> it's going to be so hard to keep up this guy's speech mannerisms. <laughs> when was the last time you saw Zarathrax? Chuck last spoke with Zarathrax. Chuck wants to say 15 years ago. Before Zarathrax went on a grand mission to save the galaxy. Who was Zarathrax? Zarathrax was an ancient guardian wandering the galaxy for many, many, many years, doing all he could to protect this world from that which lied beyond. I like that... Even uh, bef even before Zarathrax had a physical form, he had been guarding the world. I like that Bees is currently going down the RPG dialogue tree of, you know, like, what is Zarathrax? <laughs> Who is Zarathrax? Tell me more about Zarathrax. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my investigation is a negative two. Cut me some slack. I just like to think that uh, there's like a piece of paper inside the armor that some of the bees are reading from. I mean, there definitely is. <laughs> we're not, we're, we are not familiar with this. We are taking it by the book. If we could read, which we can't. Um, <laughs> interpreting. Um, oh, where was the last place you saw Xerathrax? Chuck last, Chuck last spoke to Xerathrax in the vicinity of the core. Where's that? The galactic core. The center of all things in this region of space. Is that like far away? By many light years, yes. Okay. Is it close to Nocturna? Bees has no idea where we are. No. The galactic core is very far from Nocturna. In fact, farther than this world is from, no than from, the, from the core. Okay. What? You said Zarathrax used to not have a physical form? Yes. 
all of Zarathraxa's kind did not have physical forms at some point, but then those from Argos discovered them and provided them with physical form. Zarathrax was... Go ahead. Well, Zarathrax was an ethereal. I believe so. Unless Chuck was horribly misinformed about walking suits of armor. You know, Zarathrax was going to Nocturna? Chuck couldn't answer that one. Chuck is a good friend of Zarathrax, but is not always privy to his adventures. If, if you see Zarathrax... Could you tell him that we have his armor and also that some people are really mad at him? Chuck imagines many things from beyond the veil will be mad at Zarathrax. He can't have the armor back, but we just wanted to know where it is. Chuck will let Zarathrax know, but Chuck thinks Zarathrax probably already knows. Okay. Mr. will fly over to Chuck. Hello. Hello. Have Chuck has seen... only seen a few Invarns. How recently have you seen Invarns? Chuck thinks it was a couple of years back. Do you know where? Near Fallen Thornwood. Do I know where that is? No. Do you know what they look like? Chuck does not remember. Only spoke only spoke with them in passing. Did not really interact much. Did they mention any names? Not that Chuck can recall. Okay. She she will sadly slump over and sit on Kendall's shoulder. Chuck senses anxiety in you, little one. Are you looking for someone? A few someones. If Chuck can provide any aid, he will gladly do so. Thank you. But yes, if anyone is hungry, Chuck has plenty of food. Mister, do you want some food? No, thank you. Hey, Chuck? Well, I would. <clears throat> yes. Can, he says to bees. Can can we give you our contact code so if you find more in Varans, you could tell Mistel? Chuck can certainly do this. Okay. We don't have one. Mistel, do you have one? Do I have one? Have you been given a communicator at this point? Oh, yes. Yeah, they did give me one now. They probably, yes. Okay. Uh, she, you... she, will, she will give them hers then. We can give you Gideon's too. Gideon took it off a dead body. Chuck is unsurprised to hear these things. Chuck has heard many adventurous tales. Gideon's really good at taking good stuff. But yes, please, anyone who is hungry, please join Chuck, he says, as he begins to make his way back up his ship. Miss Fairchild, it's been a little bit since you ate something. It might not be... A bad idea. Oh, for sure. Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, Kendall. 
I'm having to censor so many mo- so many esty things going through my head at everything <laughs> Chuck says. <laughs> Kendall's real distracted right now. Kendall, yeah, Kendall is just she's trying. Kendall is sorry, Xander, trying to <laughs> behave because she knows her father is on planet. Kendall is not thirsty on Maine. Not outwardly. Yeah. I'm in my 40s. I don't know if I used that right. Yeah. <laughs> you did. You did. Okay. You did. Yeah, yeah, Impressively no, you, you so. I was going to say, you actually pulled that off pretty well, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Proud of you. Thank you. But yes. Chuck leads anyone who follows him up into his ship. To be fair, you can certainly trust me on that. I'm 45. <laughs> So I clearly know what the kids are saying these days. <laughs> you and me both. I, I, bees are just sort of shuffling up uh, the ramp unless anyone stops them. Sort of following Chuck, but are fairly yep. quiet. Mistle's still on Kendall's shoulder, yeah. so if she's going, Mistle's Yeah, she'll going. go. Are you okay? I'm fine. Sure? Being from the natural order, has yeah. Hill ever heard of Fallen Thornwood? Uh... You would want to hear of Fallen Thornwood because it's because I believe it is the world that uh, Halas uh, Halias operates out of. Okay, just, it is because I believe because I believe Jeremy, we established that Halias does not work within natural order boundaries. He works in the divine. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Fallen Fallen Thornwood is the home planet operations for Fair for Fairchild Industries. Okay. Just so you know, and 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 I, I I totally believe you, but just it's okay if you're not, and if you want to talk about it, you can. I'm not. But if you're okay, but but if you're okay, that's fine too. Okay, uh, I'll be okay. Okay. But. You uh, you all enter, those of you who are following, which seems to have gone from nobody to most everybody. Including Xander. <laughs> I, will wait, uh, I will wait outside as everyone follows him in, and I will just sort of look incredulously at the ship and the state it's in, and then back to the door that they all walked through, over to Tolvar. Gesture? Put the helmet back on and then follow them in. <laughs> so as you all enter the ship, you find that though it looks very ramshackle from the outside, it's actually surprisingly well-maintained on the interior. It, it is very much someone who doesn't really care what their car looks like on the outside so long as the inside is clean and comfortable. Makes sense. Hmm. Um... And as he as he enters, uh, he walks over, and you find yourself walking. It looks like literally directly in from the from the entry ramp is a massive dining hall on this ship, uh, which had, looks like it's stretched to fill probably a good several dozen people at capacity. Um, as he as he walks over, and hits a button and there is a spark of magic as a as a doorway 
begins to open in thin air on one side of the table and a horde of spectral individuals begin to step out carrying a variety of different foods and plates and just setting things up and before very long there has been a feast set up across the length of this table of basically every food you can imagine just stretched out across the 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 length of this massive feast table. Bill obviously has no uh, capacity to to judge this sort of thing, but if this is if this ship is created via the spell Chuck's Magnificent Starship, I'm going to be very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> can I make an Arcana check to see if this ship is created by Chuck's Magnificent Starship? You can roll an Arcana check, yes. Uh, arcane. Fort- it's famous. It's famous enough. The na- you start to realize where you've heard the name Chuck before. Uh, as the proprietor of the spell, Chuck's spectacular Starcraft. Ah. Um. As that's the- true. If it was the other one, it would technically be Jefferson's magnificent starship. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's for Jeremy. <laughs> we built this city on a um, magnificent starship. But the uh, the spell, as you recall it, is basically a massive, very expensive enchantment that basically overlays the interior of a starship with the equivalent of the popular Magnificent Mansion spell, which basically creates a portable... Um, home away from home essentially and prevents the ship's interior from being depressurized because it's technically in a pocket dimension though if the ship is destroyed the spell begins to fail obviously ah okay now I understand he just says out loud I've wrote nothing Yes, he's sort of quite over. Please, if you desire anything, Chuck will provide whatever you desire. Chuck is happy to provide for all. There will be no hungry faces. Yes, as you insisted outside. Till will look around, and if nobody else orders anything, we'll ask for something mostly vegetarian. Absolutely, he says, as he as he indicates to a couple of servants who begin to spread out those particular options, a variety of different vegetarian dishes across a certain section of the of the of the feast table. Please take a seat wherever you like. It'd be the same for Baruch. <laughs> probably probably a bit more fruits. As well. But yeah. Anyone who wants to can roll a perception check. Ooh, I like rubbing those. I'll do that. I'm not good at them. But... 25. <laughs> Five. Excellent. I, I can't believe they have my favorite fruit from my home planet on this fucking ship. Eight. I got a natural one. <laughs> <laughs> they do, in fact, have your favorite fruit from your home planet on this fucking ship. 
with a 25 till amidst all of his wild gesticulating and third person exclamations you you start to see the jangle of a necklace just underneath the robes and you can just barely make out the overflowing beer stein from which flows a wave of wheat that okay. is the that is the symbol of um ekmera mm-hmm. which makes you that, believe that, that, that he's part of some particular cult of ekmera right mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna trust this, and uh, yeah, no, till we'll start eating. And if anybody else is still standing, just sort of kick a chair out open and be like, "Come on, sit it down." Yep, and we'll, we'll absolutely take seat. The, what whatever the chair is, is it like small and wooden? Uh, it seems to be some kind of metal. Okay, does it look like it'll hold the weight of the exosuit? Who knows? <laughs> I'll stand. I'll test the chair. You sit. <laughs> it, cre- it creaks a little bit, but doesn't bend. All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I am now actually heavier than Varush, so that's saying something too you're not you're not certain with whether whether the creaking is cosmetic though because you don't even feel the, sh- the chair bend underneath you <laughs> it's a comfort creak right yeah we put it we put a sound profile on this chair so that it, you don't feel like it's weird <laughs> <laughs> These will just sort of wander over by a table, and then the hive armor slumps a little bit as the bees start to pour it out and then look around for uh, anything sweet or nutritious that they can pull back into the hive. Oh, there is plenty of sweet things that you can that you can just sort of grab and take as as you all variously begin to take whatever sort of meals that you prefer. You find yourselves feeling particularly enriched by this food as each of you gains the benefits of a hero's feast. Nope. And I'll take okay, just a cool. very small amount of food. As you gain eight temporary, as you gain eight additional maximum hit points until your next long rest. Ooh. Mistle does not eat. Mistle? Uh, Coltarn also doesn't eat. Mistle, there's a lot of nice stuff. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, is it? Please, if any of you have woes that Chuck might be able to aid with, Chuck is happy to hear and happy to help how he can. Chuck, what do you know about demon kings? Now, there is a topic Chuck can share many legendary tales, though not much personal experience with. What were you saying? Zetrium. Dystagmos, to be sure. Or Zatrin. Zatrin. Dystagmos Zatrin. Ancient rival of that friend of mine that I mentioned, Zarathrax. Uh, no, he was not about to say anything to B specifically. Oh, okay. Unless you were about to say anything to him. Specifically. No, I, I, I thought you said bees, but... Mm. You said please. Oh. Well... 
Both um, <laughs> bees and me are both incredibly egocentric. So we assume. <laughs> uh, the Stagmozatron is a powerful being who one day they say, according to legends, was once just one of many a single being amidst the masses of the species of Zarheim until some tragedy struck his house and in his grief he grew wrath and aggressive and began to build his armies. It is understood by those who study the realms of Zarheim that the culture such as it exists upon the Hell Worlds is a critocracy. Those with the strength rule. And those who wish to rule must maintain strength, lest anyone underneath them attempt to usurp them with their own armies of underlings. Distagmos Zatron is said to have ruled under a powerful but lazy fiend. When Distagmos was struck with such ire and ambition after the tragedy that befell his family, which, despite being well catalogued as having occurred, specifics of which are hard to come by, Distagmos rose through the ranks underneath this fiend, who was unable to see the wheels turning beneath him until it was too late and he was crushed in the jaws of Distagmos's ambition. From there, they say that his wrath knew no end, and his despair was unequaled. As both in pain and fury, he took world after world with his growing armies of followers, until he became known as the true king of fiends. Such a title has not been held for many, many millennia until Distagmos unified Zarheim under his rule. But that is according to legends. Who knows what truth there is? Chuck does not have any personal experience. Are there legends of say you know his special weak spot or that one gun that he's allergic to or unfortunately Zarathrax would have been far more knowledgeable about such weaknesses than Chuck Zarathrax had spent many years thwarting Distagmos's plans and designs upon the material realm among those of every other extraplanar being. Hmm. Zarathrax sounds like a real Coriol Strads of a sort of character. Hmm. Did Zarathrax have any allies of repute or... Zarathrax walked with many groups. It is said that each of them now... I have only met a handful, though those that I have met all command places of power within their own nations, as now. They had at one point been known as 
the Planar Guardians, a small organization operating within the confines of the Core Adventurers League with the specific guidance of their leader, the individual known as, uh, as I completely forget my own NPC's names. Easy to do. Mm-hmm. As with the, the, with the guidance of the individual known as Karos, organizing them, providing them the information they needed to go where they needed to prevent such uprisings. Karos, being the head of the Core Adventurers League, was well-connected with information to provide the Planar Guardians. And they made it their business to prevent such dangers. If you were to look for the remaining members of such a group, you would need to look near the capital cities of many nations, as most of them have, since the disbandment of the organization, returned to their homes and taken up positions of authority there in wake of their heroic exploits. Being being part of uh, a separate uh, Planar Guardian uh, group, have I heard of this group? Have I heard of this group before? Roll history. 18. I'll say with advantage. All right. 18. 18. So with an 18, you've heard of the Planar Guardians as sort of like the superheroes that you would hear about as a member of the Void Keepers. Uh, the sort of like legendary warriors who come from all walks of life, who make it their business to prevent any and all planar incursions, whether it be from angels or demons or anything in between, uh, from getting a grip upon the galaxy. (laughs) They were said to only number maybe a dozen at most, but each of them was a figure of legendary important power uh, and would be relied upon to perform anything from political machinations to outright thwarting an army. Um, There's, like, individual legends abound about each of them, but because there were so few of them, every individual group often has their own versions of what the members were like, and so it's really hard to get a specific recounting of what they were like unless someone actually met them. Uh, do I remember any of their names that you that might still be alive and part of the group? Because it sounds like Zarathrax was pretty old, and Chuck too. Um, there is an individual who was known as the Iron Wolf, uh, who is uh, probably, as according to most stories, uh, either an orc who would be at home on Wolkir now, or someone from Fenris. Okay. And they're they're never quite specific about which is which, because the Iron Wolf as as a title and a name seems to fit both of those. 
All right. Make a mental note of that. Um, or sorry, Skill is the name of the world. Do any I, of those? I do any of like does any of anything about the the Planet Guardians um sound familiar to me at all from my time working with my dad? Uh, as you think about it. Not necessarily your time working with your dad, but um, the the uh, ship, the fucking individual whose name I have also forgotten because it's been so long since you asked me about it. Oh, the 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 guy who made the the cool ship, who yes. incorporated aspects of yeah yeah yeah. Uh, that individual's name, sort of, as you as you sort of recall, it comes up occasionally in stories about the Planar Guardians. Uh, that would be uh, Stellaris. Yes, Stellaris. Yes. Hmm. Well, I get, I have an idea of someone who might know where they are. Oh, who's that? Oh, the ship that the um, what was her name? That the, Karos. the ship that Karos flies around on was built by a particular shipmaker, shipwright, uh, whose name is often associated with tales of the of the Planet Guardians. Stellaris. Yeah. If that's a path that we would like to seek for information, I would assume that a group of allies that fought against this demon king would be the best group of people to provide tactical information. One I possibly know of as well. At least planets they might be on. You people sure know a lot of people. <laughs> well, mm. my father is a galaxy-renowned weaponsmith that owns a smithy that lots of people pass through, so. I know of them specifically because they their work was fairly in line with what the Void Keepers worked towards as well. Oh, well, that's handy. Mm-hmm. But yes, good to know. Yeah, like either the Iron Wolf is from and probably on Wolkir or Skjol. Okay. And Wolkir is Coalition of Tribes territory and Skjol is Republic of Kingdoms territory, which is probably why the stories are conflicting about them, because both sides would like to claim them as a hero from their own side. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm.
but does it seem like everybody's still eating or like we're about Rouge is just leaning back but please if anyone has any more questions Chuck is happy to answer if he can I have one what brought you out here The tenets of my order. I had heard of a world that was in need of replenishment, having been under tyrannical rule for many centuries and could not resist the call to aid. Insight check. <laughs> I, I, I figure he's a, he's a decent dude, but just 13. It's hard to read. Yeah. Trust You're having a hard mind. enough time getting around his speech pattern, which I fucked yeah, up again honestly. in that last sentence. <laughs> I, so I'm interpreting it as he's he's always talking in third person and that's what's throwing him off because this is the first person that he's ever met that's talked explicitly in the third person consistently. But yeah. Well, all right. Um, kind of make eye contact with Coltarn and do the look around the room to see who gauge who's ready to go. <laughs> Coltarn will be the f- well, Coltarn's already standing <laughs> up, so it's like, well, is everyone done sampling the hospitality? I say well, the meal certainly met to my satisfaction. Bang up okay. job there, Chuck. Chuck is glad and will be happy to provide these meals to anyone on this planet who needs them, as well as plenty of supplies for the planet itself. Mistel, you should eat before we leave. Modern Not medicine hungry. can do much for the people of this world. Not hungry. Okay. Mistel's just sure. still on okay. Kendall's shoulder. Yeah. She she hasn't eaten anything. It's okay. Well then. Shall we go? I thank you for everything, out. Chuck. Yeah, thank you for everything, Chuck. Uh, the stories I heard, you lived up to the reputation. Chuck is glad to please. Start to head out. Fare thee well, Esther Virgilia. Does that mean anything? It's some kind of weird language. You don't know it. Cool. Do I? What languages do you speak? Loxodon, common, and giant. Nope. Nod my head and smile and walk. Um, it sounds like some kind of religious phrase, whatever it is. Uh, do does does bees know it? Abyssal, celestial, common, and sylvan. You don't know it, but it sounds familiar. Roll me a religion check. Okay. Oh, so close to a natural 20, but a six. It For some reason, it sounds familiar, but no. I watched that fucker 
right on the 20. And... <laughs> right. He bids you farewell with his strange religious saying as well. <laughs> As you depart his ship, you are left back on solid ground. What are you up to? As right. he begins to I'm, I'm head out, as he as he begins to head out and is followed by a number of automated drones carrying large shipments of what you can only assume is food and medical supplies behind him. Yeah. Sorry, I'm actively trying to order food myself because I'm starving and so I'm a little distracted. <laughs> what time of day is it? <sighs> Probably midday. By this point. Approaching the afternoon. How long are we planning on staying before moving on to our next oh. endeavor? Did we get paid? We still need to do that. That's yes. handled through the uh, Core Adventures League, isn't it? Yes, the job is handled to the Core Adventures League. Yes. I mean, like, we still need to, obviously, you'll need to meet my dad, and that's a thing, obviously. But, I don't know, beyond that. I mean, I've already met your father, I'm sure, but if you want to introduce the rest to... Uh-huh. Could stay until. Did they mention uh, what they were doing at the, at what General Adana was doing? Like, were they having a dinner or something like that? Yeah, they said they were gonna they were gonna have a dinner to discuss plans and organization of their operations together. Could stay till after this dinner and then leave right afterwards or we can leave in the morning i'd like to at least i'd like to at least make sure that the people that the uh, debris in in the orbiting the planet will be taken care of before we leave that's fair yes also might leave it with odano to decide what to do with xander here who also had his feeling just wasn't talking much throughout that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably best, yeah. yes. Because this was all really weird to him. Oh, Jerry? I said I figured. Oh. So we could head back to the ship, uh, get in contact with Odano to set up when to head over for the dinner and I feel like they already headed to the dinner but certainly oh, okay. we can get in contact at least, see what's going on, see what the plans are Alright I will call him then <laughs> pull up yeah. my communicator and dial Odano Yep you get into contact, Lord General Adano. Lord General, we were just seeing if our presence was needed for the discussion that you are having regarding the salvage, or if there's anything else you needed. Additionally, 
we also wished to turn over the um, Xander to your graces. I mean, we would have little to do with him, aside from potentially putting him to work, if he so desired. Well, considering his role in the issues that came before us, we figured it would be best to leave his fate, as it were, to you and yours. Is this, To be clear, is this something that we all hear all of it, or just Coltern's side? Yeah, you just hear my side. Okay. Well, I mean, as I said previously, I'm not particularly one to impose the sins of the Father upon the Son. Coltart is trying to figure out how tactfully to remind him that it wasn't just the sins of the Father, because he did create the armaments that were used to kill people. <laughs> But as the thing that he was taught from his birth, yes. I mean, yes. Yeah. Uh... If he wishes to do anything on this planet, we would be happy to have him. But should he wish to do anything else, we have no particular reason to stop him. I'll pass the message along then. Thank you. Oh, and. Um... If there's anything else you need from us. Your presence is not needed, but you are welcome to join us for this dinner, if you so desire. Certainly. Where should we head? I think we'll be having most of this conversation at the military base so that we can meet in private, but among a place of relative import. We'll head in that direction then. Thank you. Click. Turn back to the others. As far as the Lord General is concerned, Xander's fate is his own to choose. They have no desire to levy any sort of action towards him. So, Xander's... You want to come with that? Uh, yes, I, I was explaining that to everyone and him included, Mistel. Yeah, but you don't have to talk about him like he's not standing right here. Well, I wouldn't say you when I'm talking to all of the group because it wasn't directed at one I mean, person. You can say it addressing him. And never mind. Kendall looks to 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 Xanagor. You can come with us if you want. I don't really know what I'm going to be doing for the That's next up to you. Rest of my life. Do you want to come with us? I don't know what I want, honestly. I, you're the only people that I've met outside of the staff. So I would be just as blind going into that city as I would be anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, it's not good enough. Sorry, everyone. Okay, so you'll come with us then. Okay, sure. This is not my first space character who has collected people. This is fair. Hmm. 
the back of Goldarn's head, he's just calculating like food costs on a <laughs> ship for another person. So where are we going right now? Well, we're going to be heading to the military base. They've invited us for the dinner for the conversation that they'll be having, and then after that, didn't we, we just eat? Well, you, you, you didn't, and neither did I. But I mean, the others did, though. Well, no, but this is this is why I didn't eat much. Well, this is part of why I didn't eat much because this is a con- sort of a thing that happens sometimes. Is you know you're going to have multiple dinners, so you only eat a very tiny about, and a lot of times people usually wonder like. Why are you only eating like like why are you only picking at stuff? And this is why. He's lived a very different life from me. Yeah, probably. But but yeah, so we're yeah, no, we we this is why multiple. And she just peters out from there. Let's go, shall we? Turn starts walking. Yep. Is this the kind of dinner like we need to get ready beforehand, or like we're fine as we are? It's at a military base, so I wouldn't imagine we'd need to do much more. Just we only have the one hive. Hmm? That's a good point. We should get you some more things. Like more mud and webs? No, like more outfits. No, thanks. For bees? Yes. I realize that there's the armor and the armor is the main thing, but like the hive is the main thing. I mean, yes, but I mean like the main outer thing that most people see. Um, But that doesn't mean that 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 you shouldn't be able to 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 look different different times there's a whole thing called accessorizing we did we did think about that a little bit could you get we us need to go shopping again could you get us 876 very small hats <laughs> i don't know if the hat makers will be able to make those but we can ask. Okay. Yeah, on this planet for the next year while they make those. Smaller, more. <laughs> well, and you know that if they get started, he'll level up just when they're getting ready to finish, and then they'll have to, you know, mm-hmm. keep adding. I like how we've reached the point in the social gathering where we all don't really want to go home yet, but we also don't want to do anything. So we're all sort of awkwardly standing around, adding additional commentary until someone finally makes a decision. (laughs) Yeah, make a fucking decision, one of you. Yeah, Yeah, no. Well, let's go. I mean, heading to the thing. Yeah, Kendall Kendall has no problem saying let's go. So. You head to the military base within the city, which you are welcomed into and welcome greeted to a very unique atmosphere that is a combination of like the relatively advanced technology of the planet's capital, along with what looks to be a very sort of rustic cultural atmosphere that is uh, sort of blending old tradition and and new tech in 
unique ways. Um, but you sort of walk through these uh, walk through these hallways and eventually are led to a small room where there is another one of those uh, unique uh, blendings of the culture and the technology. There is sort of a um, a hovering table that is sort of like on a set of impellers, sort of using the same kind of hover technology that is, you've seen on the vehicles outside. Um, that is just kept at about shin height um, with the, the group sort of sitting in chairs that are designed to basically allow full access to everyone to just talk freely and gesture at each other with the table on the, with the food on the table set is sort of like a, a layer beneath them. So that it's sort of like just a, while you're talking and having, it doesn't impede like eye contact and gesturing while they just reach down to grab something and take a bite out of it while they're talking. It is very much the sort of environment designed to support talking while eating and just sort of getting the sustenance that you need while doing important things. And, like, who else is in the area where we're at? So currently sitting at the table are Lord Generals Marcus Soland and Odano, uh, and also Helias Fairchild and um, Harvold uh, Starbreaker. Okay, so just the four of them. <laughs> yes, they're Halvard. Can can we get any idea on sort of the the general timber of the converse, conversation? Uh... Roll inside as you walk in. Oh, okay. That's a 13. Hmm. From what you can gather, it sort of got the air of friendly competition about it. Uh, I mean, friendly's good. As you sort of pick up that uh, Halvard and Elias are sort of competing for who can do the best with the least in different individual aspects of the of the restoration of this planet's atmosphere. Uh, you sort of get like the Helias is arguing that his, his craftsmen can very much perform environmental stabilization for any amount of debris that is removed that might cause any level of atmospheric uh, issues with the planet. And uh, Halvard is arguing that there is no one better than a dwarven mining ship for getting raw materials out of an area. And just sort of going back and forth on where their strengths lie and just sort of arguing on what they should be allowed to handle. And it it, it seems it's that air of someone who is like uh, speaking with an old friend with that sort of air of, yeah, fuck you too, buddy. And just sort of like that <laughs> random insults fired back and forth, but no one seeming to actually get mad about it. Okay. As you pick up the particular, yeah, and I'm sure your pointy ears can hear it exactly where the atmosphere needs to be adjusted, but the problem is you're not going to be able to get that scrap out of it fast enough, so. <laughs> so that's going well. <laughs> Seems like it's just going to kind of lurk in the background and try and be as unobtrusive as possible. But as, as the... 30, as, 20. 
as the group enters almost immediately, like shortly after that conversation is still continuing, uh, Halias looks up and, ah, Halvard, have you met my daughter? Hello. Walk up. Perfect daughter. Indeed. Halvard, this is my daughter, Kendall. And Halvard looks still up. still on her shoulder at this moment. Halvard looks up. Pleasure to meet you, lass. Pleasure to meet you as well. Uh, this is my friend Mistel. Didn't expect to see a young lass like yourself adventuring out here in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to find my way a little bit. Trying to, trying to, you know, see what all's out here. Uh, it's been really educational. Um, Such is often the way among the fair trials. Many of them need to learn exactly where they live in the galaxy and what their position will be. Fortunately, she has the finest of bodyguards, he says, as his gaze slides to where Till is trying to hide. Oh my god, he has been the absolute best bodyguard. Till is doing that thing where he's there's like a potted plant or something and he's leaning up sort of against it where yeah he might just be standing there because he likes it or he might be using it to try and you know break an eyeline <laughs> <laughs> like not that we've been in a whole lot of danger but he's made he's done such a good job of making sure that i stay out of it when we get anywhere close this still kind of gives kindle a look when she says that I would love to hear and be regaled with the tales of your journeys at some point, Elias says. Oh yeah, absolutely. And as uh, as Halvard nods, oh, I'm sure, especially you've got... So, Elias, have you met my boy, he says, as he indicates over to Coltarn. Walk over. Hello. Elias, fair trial, this is uh, Coltarn Starbreaker. As Helias offers a nod. Indeed, I've heard tales of the adopted son of Halvard, of Halvard Star, Starbreaker. Blech. Mouth. Words. Hold on, just like looks up and to the right as he's just trying to think of exactly what sort of stories he would have heard. Just a little bit of a confusion on his face. There's always something... Anyone who comes by the forge always has commentary about the unique nature of the one orcish individual among an entire colony of dwarves. Oh, oh, oh. Aye, and he's been a brilliant learner, and he's he's taken after his father quite well, and as far as I can tell, building new things of his own. I try. It's useful. There's a little there's a little bit of parental bragging going on here. <laughs> <laughs> have you two settled on or have you three settled on what you're going to be doing to help these people out though? I think we're coming down to it. There's still a few there's a few details that need to be hammered out, uh Halvard says. Indeed. I think we'll be able to sort most of it out by the, by the end of the evening, and the rest should be relatively simple in the moment to figure out. I think we'll all be leaving this mutually benefited. Your planet will 
have its atmosphere cleaned and maintained and a healthy amount of scrap will be provided to both rebuild your own infrastructure and provide payment for our services. Um, do I recall specifically, I, I know I recall specifically that there was a there was an old Dwarven clan ship amongst the wreckage. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything else that jumped out that jumped out at me uh, that as standing out? Not to you, uh, although you didn't get that long of a look. But there might be other things up there. Yeah. Oh, and perhaps more than that. Besides, I know there was an ancient dwarven clan ship amongst the wreckage, several hundred years old by the look of it, or perhaps even older. I or... that looked like something that looked like something out of Clan Stonebeard. We got a scan of it as we came through. Who knows what sort of lost ships and treasures might be within that belt. Indeed. There's some historical artifacts to be found floating in the atmosphere above this planet, to be sure. Yes. I'm certain that you'll have plenty to sort through when you manage to dig it all out, Halvard. I'll focus on what's practical for the planet itself while you do your archaeology. Lord Adano, sort of. I think, ultimately, this will all pan out relatively well, but still, it's good to be involved in this sort of conversation. This is our world that we're talking about. The other two nod. Aye, so, I think probably best to get back to business, he says, as the two, as the three of them continue to talk shop, basically, for a bit. Meanwhile, Lord Solend looks up at the rest of you. I think it's going to be like this for the rest of the night, if you have anything else that you need to ask or say. Otherwise. Head back over to the group. Seems yeah. like they've got it well in hand. Yep. Oh, good. Well then, are we ready to leave? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Till, you're a little jumpy. Always. Thank you for noticing. Don't worry. Everything's fine. You Till, you can constantly really sense Halias uh, occasionally glancing at you out of the corner of his eye. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think he's in a, I think he's in a good mood. And don't worry, we're talking, we're talking you up really well. Making sure he knows... <clears throat> that things have been fairly danger-free and you've been keeping me safe even from the small amounts. Okay. Are there problems with you and her father? This is probably not the room to answer and ask those questions. Right. Everything's fine. I imagine... That Kendall's father can likely hear everything within a three mile radius, so we should leave. Jesus, till you, till you pick, you pick up a small smirk. When he can right, yeah. <laughs> well, Miss Fairchild, shall we? Let's go. Yes. There we go. Where are we going? Back to the Back ship. To the ship. Yeah. Okay. Well, is anything anyone wants from here, we're ready to leave. I think they're fresh out of grenade launchers. No. 
Yeah. Get out. Yep. Back to the ship. So, you return to the Ghoul Nash walk here. As you re-enter, you are met by Captain Zeph Nash. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks. Well, we've just gotten... I assume you know the boss made planet falls? he did. We've gotten alerts from our own group, so we're going to have to take off. As was paid for by Helias, the ship is yours. Very well. Thank you. Oh. Thank you for your service. It was a pleasure. See you again sometime, hopefully. I hope it goes well. I look forward to hearing about it. She says as the rest of her crew gather up around her and she grabs a pendant around her neck and presses something as it begins to glow. Good fortune. And there's a (laughs) as all of them are teleported off the ship. Okay, then. Ship is hers. Yep. Mistral goes to find a quiet corner. These are going to make sure that the hive is still where it was. They don't have to burn up the hive. Yeah, the hive is still there. We don't have to burn them out. (laughs) Phil's going to run on up to the cockpit and uh, see about getting the launch sequence underway. Just Quick, while well, Beezus is distracted and uh, not uh, expecting the ship to go. <laughs> no, he's not taking off until he's very sure everybody's on board. But yeah, <laughs> you can you can begin launch preparations. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. We're gonna do that then. Head up to the head up to the bridge area. Well. So we head to the nearest station and check in with the Core Adventures League. We do need to get paid. You know where their closest chapter house is? Oh, likely the one we came from. But if we're wanting to go somewhere else, we're going to do a different one along the way. They can pay us at any one. I have two possible locations mm-hmm. we could investigate for the Iron Wolf. There's Wolkir or in the opposite direction, Skill. That's the... a fairly disparate pair of destinations. Well, Skull is in is that in the Republic of Kingdoms or? Yes. Okay. Skull is probably closer, technically. Yes, but. Skull is also an ice world. But we might not be dressed for it. Mm-hmm. Colton looks down in his exosuit. I'm fine. Can you fabricate? cold weather gear for everybody on board with what we have on board? Oh. 
I don't know. I mean, that's okay. I, I want something with a little different style than yours, probably. Fair. So, so of either school or will care. Mm, for the information that I have, the best location would simply be this, whatever station we're stopping at. It seemed that there was something towards the core somebody mentioned. Uh, that was the last place that Chuck had spoken to Xerathrax. Hey, that's not your pen. Faru says to AB. Don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other ideas? Also, Purse went to Mistle's earlier question to Chuck. Fallen Thornwood. I don't know if we want to visit while your father's away, Miss Fairchild, but if we're going to be trying to track down last known location of some environs. Where's where is that's a wild goose chase? You will hear a quiet voice from the corner. Is it? Yes, maybe, but sometimes that's the only way to catch wild geese. And you know, a couple of us can fly, something that could take years, though. All right. Where is Fallen Thornwoods? It's in Divide Space. It's closer to the core. Yep. More generally, Republic side, Coalition side, Majocracy side. About dead center, literally, but between Natural Order, Majocracy, and Republic of Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. So, specifically, right about on your, on your here. map. Here. Well, hey, there we go. Well, in that case, let's head head to a station that's more oriented corewood, where we might gain some more information as we stop to gather our pay, and which might influence a particular direction. That way we're not too terribly far from any one direction we might go in. All right. I'll pull up a... Do we know of any stations in kind of this general vicinity? I mean, there are... Tons. Like when you up when you update your galaxy map, you learn the vicinities of like known uh, like void stations that are nearby. Yeah. Okay. Looking for a void station that is, you know, towards the galactic center from where we're at. Basically, a close one. Uh, probably void station Dirvolder, which is probably. Uh, let me pull up. They make objects and put it about here-ish. Yeah. So, so I'll, about I'll... however many jumps that is going to take you to get there. Uh, I will indicate that to Till. Looks like it was... It was about, that's about half, a little more than half the distance from that it was Fjordian. from Fornbield to here. Yeah. And that, and Fornbield was three jumps, four jumps? Well, we recharged uh, it, so it was like three days rather than six. Yeah. Right. 
So be like a day or two. If we if we recharge it, yeah. 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 Okay. Which I can do. What about navigation? Do we have any of that Azumla still hanging about? Uh no. Well, I don't want to angle off and jump us straight into the middle of you know. Um, is is a navigation something? So, William, what does what 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 requires what what do you need for a navigation check? Either a star chart that is up to date, which you can buy, uh, or uh, the navigation spell, which is a high level spell. He's like seventh level, uh, or a hit of Atumla. We have a star chart on board, don't we? Uh, you have so star charts are usually like destination based. Okay. Um, so basically, you need the chart for whichever area you're heading, or for a region of space. Uh, the divide being like not owned by any individual government is usually going to be mostly destination based star star charts, except for small regions. Can I? So you would need you would basically need an appropriate star chart. You can usually get a star chart to avoid gate. They have uh... for like like your galaxy map automatically updates with star charts to nearby void gates. Okay, so it's just getting to a planet from a void gate is where you would need to find a star chart. Yeah, but so like we have a star chart then to that to that void gate. Yeah, you can definitely jump to to Diavolo. So okay, cool. I will program cool, the star chart in for Till. Thank you. Mm -hmm. There we go. It will sit down and. Uh, who else is in the the bridge with me besides Col Coltern? Anybody? Mistel, Rouge. Everyone with bees, basically. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mistel's tucked away in the corner. Bruges, can we Kindle's make sure we've low. got everybody? I wouldn't trust Gideon or bees not to you know get distracted by. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Distractables. Uh, yeah. Uh, do a com check. Check Gideon's on the ship. Gideon is indeed on the ship. Does he have eyes on bees? Uh, where is bees at? Bees is probably the most on the ship of anyone in that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the bees are in the process of sort of re-cementing the hive armor into the expanded hive that they've created on the observation deck so that they can then walk around oh natural in the rest of the ship like they were doing before uh yeah uh, i got eyes on these <laughs> no right. you're not dead right. i'm invisible for, uh also check make sure jasira is still on board yes uh was gonna do that. Yep, I'm here, and your new friend's already gotten down here, and he's really fucking annoying. Yeah, we're all good. Oh, yeah, huh? Um, yeah, comes. <laughs> uh, Sparks. Child, can you uh, check on? Yep, Xander yep. I'm sure going to go. To, I'm going to go see how Xander's doing. He probably needs to find a room. I'm still in the room with you. 
Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I, I did not hear that Kendall was was there. I, I, then, yeah, he yeah. wouldn't. I like to think he still does that, that, anyways, because he's just yeah. excited to be in the pilot. <laughs> I'm the seat. pilot now. <laughs> it's, it, it's 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 like on Futurama. There's the scene where we just see Till, and Till's like, uh, "Mr. Fairchild, could you please hit me in the bridge?" And it, the the camera just pans over <laughs> to Kendall standing directly behind Till. Sure, I'll be there in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> excellent all right everyone make sure everything's sealed make sure everything's fueled make sure we've got everything we need to break at mo and then you know kind of set your jaw grit your teeth and look up at that trash cloud that's gonna turn us into swiss cheese <laughs> well don't fuck it up till I put all the shields to the front. <laughs> <laughs> there are no shields. It's an orc ship. <laughs> and launch. So, roll me a piloting check. This is where we die. I don't even have the inspiration. This is going to go great. Do you want it to be the pilot? Twelve. <laughs> Uh oh well no I was gonna say I I guard you but I mean guard go ahead I mean I mean guidance but I oh uh, okay <laughs> sorry the ship takes two hit points of damage as it scrapes through the through the the atmosphere now we'll buff that out eventually <laughs> who will I will. I used to build ships for a living, you know. No, I didn't, actually. I don't know if we've had that conversation. Hi, I'm Till Wayland. I fix things. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, Kendall gets down to the the cargo bay where Jasira is currently sitting on a crate overlooking the box, the box of doom. Uh, and getting really fucking annoyed with Xander, who is asking a bunch of questions about who she is, what's in the box, why the box. Hi, Xander! <clears throat> Can you get this fucking elf nope. thing... No, nope. out of here. First of all, okay. Wait, what thing? First of all, the, he is an was, elf thing. That was Jasira referring to Xander as an elf. Oh, thing. okay. Yeah. Hi, Xander. Uh, listen, we'll be happy to explain a lot more stuff. Why don't you let's go find you a room? Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Grab so by arm, questions. and I am. Before he's even answering, he is being guided out while 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 rocking along and she's talking, she looks over her shoulder and in between breaths of a sentence just mouths, I'm so sorry to <laughs> just see her just goes, Thank you. And without even like the next sentence starts right up from there. <laughs> yeah, I will go find. I will go find a room for him. 
as the children of madness and despair have met each other and did not like each other. Yeah. He said the thing. Title drop. The title drops, we all die. So. Hey, that's what happens with titles sometimes. Hmm? As a room is found for Xander. Yep. And the ship takes off into the atmosphere, leaving behind Savarinus for who knows how long before you decide to take a look at it again. If you ever do. That is where we will end for the week and for a while. Because yep. we're going to be picking up with something else in a bit. Yep. So next week we'll be back with Grand Terror Shadowfront once again. Mars available. Uh, Mars schedule is available now so we can get back into that. Uh, we'll be finishing off the story of Grand Terror Shadowfront and then coming back to Stardust. So we're not leaving Stardust forever, just for a little while while we wrap up the final arc of the Shadowfront. So tune in next week for me back in the GM seat. Hey. Next week where I will be GMing all three shows in the, in the weekly show. Yep. That's how it goes sometimes. Sure does. Like, like I keep saying, if you just want to win the lottery, I will be happy to run any show, any games, any time of the week. Look, if I could afford lottery tickets. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.